Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Well, I know how I spent my weekends. I was watching lots and lots of playoff football, but the question was, was Gen Z watching those same games? Because according to some new studies, they probably were not. They're not the same type of sports fans that us millennials and above are. Uh, We're going to get into all that, plus, of course, getting into all of the playoff action, breaking it down, uh, also taking a look at a very bizarre video that hit the internet last week. Outkick the Morning starts right now. Hello and good morning, everybody. Happy Monday. Happy Monday after Wild Card Weekend. A lot happened. Uh, additionally, I was in Vegas. Uh, if you were following me on social media, you probably got all the scoop. Uh, I was in Vegas covering the first set of UFC fights of 2024. The card did not disappoint. Um, Magomed Ankalaev winning his main event, uh, now probably in position for a title fight sometime later on in the year. Uh, we saw Jim Miller get a massive win. Uh, this would be his 17th year competing in the UFC, so good stuff all around there. But now that I'm back in New York, uh, I settled into watching a lot of good football yesterday, and a lot of which I was not expecting. I'm just going to put it that way. But again, let me just preface this show by saying I was watching football because When I was growing up, and really until this day, sports have been my life. I love sports, which is one reason why I host this show. I was also an athlete, as long as I can remember. First came the days of dominating and tag on the preschool playground. I was a champ. Uh, Then, you know, dominating in musical chairs. Also, don't mess with me in musical chairs. You will get hurt. Then came the start of my short-lived soccer stint. I was put on an all-boys team at one point because my name was Charlie. My mother literally called and said, I would like to sign Charlie up for soccer. I guess back then there weren't any real androgynous names, so they just assumed I was a boy. I was stuck on the all-boys team, and I also dominated there. Those boys, I guarantee you, are now much different later on in life than they wouldn't have been had they not have had me on their team. I definitely put them in their place, showed them that just because I'm a woman, uh, they couldn't get away with anything. So, uh... Definitely held my stance there. Uh, Okay, I also should have stuck with soccer because we'll get into the other sports that I decided to play. But soccer could have really have been a strong suitor for me if I wanted to play collegiately. Uh, But I decided to give soccer up. And then I turned to gymnastics. Uh, This lasted for a long time. This actually lasted for about a decade, during which I became obsessed Hopefully I'm not aging myself here uh, with a magnificent seven. That was the gymnastics team, which won the gold at the Atlanta Olympics in 1997. But, you know, gymnastics is a brutal sport. Lots of pounding on the ground. Uh, You're flying through the air at all times. I still have a neck injury, which literally at this very second is hurting right now uh, from my, you know, many moons ago of of doing gymnastics. Uh, So, yes, injuries, they got the best of me. So I gave it up begrudgingly. Uh, I decided to then play softball, which my father was a coach on my team for one of those years. That was a fun one. Uh, Another little throwback story. I have a scar on my lip 
You can't see it from here. I had braces, bunted the ball, ball to the face, ripped my braces through my lip. This is getting really graphic. But guess what? I still got to first base. I had the highest on-base average on my softball team, even going into high school. Not to brag. Uh, okay, I also played volleyball. So ultimately, I decided to give up softball after my freshman year of high school. I went on to play volleyball all through high school. I also played club volleyball, which meant I was playing year-round, so kept very busy with that. And I loved volleyball. But obviously, I'm 5'2". I think I stopped growing sometime in middle school. So not exactly at a height advantage for a sport like that. Also, you know, all of that being said, I, I was still a, a really good athlete. So uh, I could have played in college, but NIL didn't exist. And I felt like I wasn't getting my worth, you know, not getting paid for my name, image, and likeness. So I decided not to play in college. You know, you know how that goes, right? Uh, so anyways, because I wasn't playing sports, I decided to go on to working in sports. And here I am. Uh, my career has taken me through many different stops, but sports has always been something I've been interested in. I was a news reporter to start things off, got very depressing for a little bit. And I was like, you know what? Sports might just be the answer. And so far I have totally stuck with it. And you know, when I think back many years ago, most of my friends, I was either very close with because I played sports with them or they were also sports fans or, you know, they watched sports in some capacity. I even went to school growing up with the daughter of the owner of the Indianapolis Colts and also the grandson of the owner of the Indianapolis Pacers. So I feel like I was really surrounded by sports at all times. But interestingly, times have really changed because according to a poll conducted by Emory University, kids are losing their enthusiasm for being sports fans. This seems very odd, but the study shows that only 23% of Gen Z describe themselves as passionate sports fans. This is compared to 42% of millennials. 33% of Generation X, and 31% of baby boomers. And this already is surprising enough, but even worse, 27% of Gen Z describe themselves as anti-sports, meaning they hate sports. They want nothing to do with them. So I was thinking about this. And like I said, when I grew up, everybody was a sports fan, whether it was just because you watched or because you actually played sports and then that parlayed into being an actual sports fan. Um, but I, I, I took a look at several factors. Possibly one of the things that I believe could have Gen Z being non-sports fans or even anti-sports is maybe they're just so obsessed with what's happening on their phones than anything else. So they have less time for sports because pre-pandemic, the average total screen time, it was 4.4 hours per day. That's still quite a lot of screen time, especially for someone in the Gen Z age range. They were much younger back then too. Uh, then, during the first pandemic period in 2020, it increased to 6.15 hours a day. And when I did the math, this is actually crazy. Six hours a day you spend on your phone because, generally speaking, six hours is pretty much equivalent to what a school day is. So these children, and some of us you know, older adults also are guilty of it as well, spending what is considered an entire school day on our phones. The other thing I was looking at is maybe just laziness uh, because I feel like these children probably spend less time playing sports, so their lack of sports interest doesn't translate into watching sports. Uh, there was just some release numbers from the State of Play 2023. It was from the Aspen Institute Project Play Initiative, and it said as of 2022, children were playing team sports less often than they did four years prior. So that could be one thing to really break this down uh, from, from one perspective. And then 
from another different perspective. Children are obviously obsessed with their phone. What are they doing on their phone? They're watching influencers. People are no longer obsessed with idolizing athletes. Instead, Gen Z idolizes influencers. Here's another study that I found. According to a recent report by Morning Consult, out of 2,000 adults in the U.S., Gen Z included in this, 57% of Gen Zers said if they were given the opportunity to have any career, they would choose to be an influencer. That's compared to 41% of other age groups, which is still a pretty high number. So you can see where everyone's head's at these days. Instead of being a pro athlete, instead of being a doctor, a lawyer, they would want to be an influencer. Finally, I considered the fact that maybe because a lot of people are consuming media differently than they used to, for example, OutKick is a digital platform versus being on actual television, maybe they just don't have the access to live sports like they used to. Because it said that Gen Z is more likely to stream sports than watch linear TV. So that shift also could be something that explains everything. Adults, meanwhile, they watch nearly twice as many sports on traditional TV. So this really points to the direction that you see a lot of these streaming platforms go in. You've got Amazon, who's been having NFL rights for, I think, two seasons now. You have MLB that now is featured on Apple TV. Uh, they have engaged in these very digital-centric deals in recent years because they want to meet young fans where they are. Especially, let's look at what just happened this weekend. The Chiefs-Dolphins game was on Peacock. That's something new. That was the first ever playoff game that was streamed exclusively on a platform. A lot of people very upset about that. We're going to get into all of that in just a couple of minutes. So, Basically, all of these things considered uh, are just several reasons why maybe Gen Z is not so into sports. It's very sad to me because I feel like sports, and one of the reasons why I wanted to get into sports in general was because I feel like sports really reflects what's going on in everyday life. And I feel like it's kind of a <clears throat> a reflection, right, of, of, of some of the things we see outside of sports, but also it provides an escape from the things that we're enduring in everyday life. And I feel like it's a really nice escape. And I feel bad that these Gen Zers uh, are now looking to other places like social media for distractions, excuse me. When meanwhile, I think we can all realize that social media does nothing but pollute their minds and make them a little bit more depressed than they normally would have been if they weren't on social media. Anyways, the other thing, one last thing, is that I was thinking what could help to get kids more into sports. When I say kids, I'm talking about Gen Z. Some of them not kids so much. And I was thinking, what if we just continued to really pound down the Taylor Swift effect? That's what they're calling it now, right? Getting more of Gen Z into sports, not for the reasons that sports teams normally would hope for, but because they see their favorite celebrity sitting in the suite, wearing the jersey. You saw her wearing that very exclusive jacket that was made by Kristen Juszczyk this weekend. Uh, that's the wife of Kyle Juszczyk. So awesome job there. She's getting tons of publicity. Uh, but I think we might need more of this if we want to reverse the trend of not having Gen Z watching sports as much as, you know, let's say people in my age range are watching sports. Anyways, to get a little bit more into this, let's go ahead and bring in Amber Harding, Outkick contributor. As I know, She's on my side and was definitely watching sports this weekend, especially that Chiefs-Dolphins game, Amber, which we will obviously be getting to. But when you think of the shift of Gen Z getting away from watching sports, what would you really pinpoint it to? Because I went through several reasons that I considered could be the 
culprits. But what do you think is mostly to blame? I think that it's probably a combination of all the things that you laid out there. Uh, and I think you nailed it with the with the screen thing. I think Gen Z and then Gen Alpha, I believe is what they're calling the kids. Um, they yes. are obsessed with just kind of living through their phone in this sort of screen reality as opposed to actual reality. But I think the biggest difference between back in our parents' day, even when we were kids, is that they are just bombarded with options. I mean, when we were kids, Whatever was on TV, like you talked about the gymnastics, whatever was on TV is what you watched. Well, now they have this endless supply of streaming services, movies, TV shows, this scrolling carousel of videos on TikTok and Instagram. And so I think it's it's a lot harder to hold their attention for that two, two and a half hours that the game might last. But I also think we're seeing a culture shift, just like you were talking about the Taylor Swift effect, because now we see athletes yeah. who aren't just... Athletes, right? Athletes now are celebrities and influencers and they're dating celebrities and influencers. So I think the NFL is really trying to lean into that and bridge that gap to not only get in front of Gen Z, but also kind of keep their attention more than they have been able to as of, as of late. Yeah. And I think this is a good time just to get right into the, the Peacock streaming of the Chiefs Dolphins game this weekend. Uh, before we talk about the actual game, uh, what did you think about the fact that this game was exclusively on Peacock? Like everybody I spoke to was like, yeah, I had to subscribe to Peacock because not watching the game for hardcore football fans was just not an option, especially not this game. I mean, there was, you know, uh, this was one of the biggest games of the weekend. And I guess Peacock paid, I think, $110 million for the NFL rights. Uh, I don't know how much of that money they made back. I don't know how many, how many new subscribers they got. I don't know how many, how many new subscribers will retain that Peacock membership. I have to imagine a lot of them probably just canceled it right after the game so they wouldn't forget. Uh, but what did you think about the NFL moving in that direction? Because I know a lot of people were pretty irritated about it. Yeah, unfortunately, I think it's inevitable. I wrote a piece last weekend um, about how people are going to complain about this game but they're still going to subscribe and they're still going to watch. And Charlie, my email inbox has never been so full. Everyone was so mad at me for saying that, saying I was absolutely wrong. They're absolutely not going to get Peacock. Um, the NFL can enjoy their terrible ratings. Well, guys, not to take a victory lap, but uh, they they had 23. I think they averaged 23 million viewers on that game, which is enormous. So like, my point was that, look, I'm with you. I need another streaming service like Howard Stern needs another booster, right? We have too many already. So my thing was, you may not like it, but you're going to watch it anyway because the NFL has this product that they know everybody wants. And until people just stop watching the NFL altogether, they're going to be able to get away with this sort of thing. You know, to your point, 23 million viewers was the average, which is insane, uh, also, according to NBC, this was the most streamed event of any kind ever in U.S. history, which is pretty incredible. Uh, I also saw that the streaming service went straight to the top of the App Store. Uh, so a lot of people obviously also watching. I, well, I guess App Store you would still have on your television. Um, yeah, it doubled its record search volume. So, yeah, people were engaged. The only thing is, is there's so many streaming platforms now. I mean, I know that they don't owe it to anybody to say, oh, we're going to limit it to one, two, or three platforms to make it easier on everyone. But it is a little bit ridiculous, right? I mean, 
There's Netflix, there's HBO Max, there's Amazon, there's Peacock, there's Paramount. There, I mean, there's so many of them. I mean, at what point will they say, okay, we get that not everybody has the means or resources. I mean, even the um, Mexican restaurant that's nearby me, I heard from someone who went there, they said they were scrambling to download the Peacock app as the game was starting because even they were like, oh my gosh, we, we don't have the game. Everyone went to the Mexican restaurant wanting to watch the game and they had to download the Peacock app. I mean, is, is this just going to be limitless in the direction that we go in? I mean, there's got to be a ceiling at some point. The reason that so many of us cut the cord on cable is because it got to be so expensive. Well, now, if I look at all my streaming services combined, it's probably just as much, if not more, than I was spending when I had cable. So funny that you mentioned that about the bar. I I was told that Peacock was actually charging bars more money than they charge you or I watching the game at home, right? So they were charging like... $300 per TV or something very similar to what we see with like the pay-per-view with UFC. Um, And so the bar that I went to, and I won't give them away, um, was actually using the servers and bartenders personal Peacock accounts to log into the TV so that they could get it just for the $5.99. So yeah, it's, I mean, at some point the bubble has to burst that we can only have so many streaming services and it really starts to water down the product. Too. And I think like just kind of shifting away from sports for a second, like you can see that when you're scrolling, you know, Netflix and Hulu and HBO Max, Paramount and all these different things. There's so many options that sometimes you'll watch a movie and you'll be like, wow, that was awful. But it's just because there's so many different oh my God. services and everything is just watered down and they're just trying to put out as much content as they can. Yeah, no, um, For sure. There's a lot of uh, movies now that aren't being produced for the big screen and they're just being produced for the streaming platform and they just completely suck. Uh, (laughs) Most of the movies I watch on streaming platforms aren't so great. Um, But let's talk about the um, the game itself. Dolphins, Chiefs, Amber, I'm sorry. The Dolphins eliminated. Uh, It wasn't actually it didn't end up being much of a game, but I felt for the Dolphins. I mean, I feel for anybody who was there at the stadium because it was. I think ultimately something like negative 26 degrees below zero, what it felt like. I'm not sure uh, if that was the coldest that it got, but insane weather conditions. And I especially felt for the Dolphins team because they are used to playing in a hot, humid atmosphere. And I know that you have to be prepared for any type of condition. I know that they've traveled this season and played in different types of conditions, but I was like, this is going to be a shock to their system. No way that they're going to be able to perform up to par in cold like this. Well, you were right because they were awful. Um, I was right. (laughs) It was gut-wrenching. The good news is um, I had braced myself for it all week. Um, We haven't won a playoff game in we, like I play for the team, but the Dolphins haven't won a playoff game in 23 years. I was 11 years old the last time we won a playoff game. I'll date myself there. Um, And I remember it was against the Colts. And I lived in Indianapolis. I was so excited to go to school and brag to all my friends who were Colts fans. Little did I know that that was going to be the most happiness I would have as an NFL fan um, for several decades. So um, here we are. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, it was tough. It was absolutely freezing. I saw some videos of fans getting ready. There was the arrowhead fit check is what they said. And they just put on just obscene amounts of layers, like 20 layers 
Um, and they were walking around like the kid in a, in a Christmas story. So it was pretty funny, but yeah, I mean, the chiefs earned it. I did a lot of trash talking about the chiefs this year. Um, so I, I definitely heard about it in my email and on social media when, when the dolphins lost, but you know, it's, it's par for the course at this point. Well, we actually have a video to demonstrate how cold it was. So let's watch that real quick. So everyone can get an idea of literally how frigid it was. Um, this is a guy taking a water bottle out of the fridge and instantly, I mean, instantly it freezes. This is wild. I mean, yeah, I don't understand how there were even fans in attendance. Um, I know that they were basically giving away the, the tickets at one point. I think someone said they paid 50 bucks. Um, that's what the, the going rate for the tickets ended up being like $50, which for, you know, a wild card game featuring uh, the defending Super Bowl champions is uh, yeah. pretty bizarre. If honestly, if I were, if I lived in Kansas City, if I were there, I might have tried to go to that game just to just to see. Especially since I could have gotten in for thirty or forty bucks. Uh, but yeah, that video is absolutely insane. How often do you see the fridges are actually used to keep the drinks warm? <laughs> because as soon as you take them <laughs> out of the so fridge. True. They freeze. But yeah, I saw I also saw several pictures and videos of people who had beers uh, that exploded and froze all over the place in the stadium. I think it was kind of pointless to even try to drink beer at that uh, at that particular game. <clears throat> but that is that is cold right there. Uh, yeah, it is. That was the third coldest game on record. Uh, and we have one more video uh, to show how cold it was. So let's watch this. Hey, did we get it? <laughs> Frozen noodles. Those were noodles yeah. that the girl picked up and they froze literally in midair, which is, I mean, I'm, I'm not meant for the cold. I'm from the Midwest. Everyone's like, what are you talking about? You grew up in the cold. No, you don't understand. I'm meant to be in hot weather. Uh, I, I don't, I don't ever, I don't like to freeze. I don't want to have to thaw out. Uh, I don't know that even if given the opportunity, I would have gone to that game. I would much rather be cozy watching the game from inside of a home by a fireplace. But it also got me questioning, and maybe it's a little different because it was more severe weather conditions about how Buffalo postponed their game due to weather. Mm -hmm. Do you think that they should have postponed the Dolphins and Chiefs game as well? It, it's hard to say. I mean, I'm not, I, I don't know exactly what the, the effects are of being out in that cold for, for so long biologically. Uh, I'm not sure if that was safe or not. Um, I know that they did heat the field. The Chiefs have this system um, of, of heaters, essentially, that's about nine inches underneath the playing surface. So the playing surface itself was about 50 degrees. Now, granted, it was still absolutely freezing mm. in the air, but the playing surface at least wasn't frozen. Um, I think the biggest oh, thing, the that's biggest interesting. reason, yeah, yeah, it was actually really cool. I saw a whole uh, the diagram on it. It was neat. Um, but I think the biggest thing with the, with the bills is just the roads. You know, I mean, if you saw that video of what the stadium would have looked yeah. like at off, absolutely insane. It would not have been safe. And I think that was really the call they made. It had nothing to do with the game itself, but really just 70,000 fans trying to drive in and out of Highmark Stadium in that weather, you know, about a year ago, a really bad snowstorm hit Buffalo. Um, and I think like 50 some people died in traffic accidents and freezing and losing power and things like that. So I think that I think they really had to make it as a safety call. I know it's not super fun for us fans at home who really wanted to watch the snow game, uh, but we're still going to get some snow in that game. Like 
don't know if you've seen that video, but the uh, the stadium is still very snowy. So I think it'll still be a lot of fun today. Well, actually, you're in luck, Amber. We do have that video. So let's take a look. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hell no. That's crazy. That's fucking crazy. And they were actually offering anybody, fans, people who live in Buffalo, people who don't live in Buffalo, 20 bucks an hour to shovel snow at the stadium uh, because it was so bad and they needed all hands on deck. So, uh, yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe maybe a little too much. So that, that game obviously needed to be postponed, but that'll be exciting to watch today. One extra game. I mean, who doesn't want to watch football at 4.30 in the afternoon on a Monday. What more could we ask for? Exactly, right? exactly. Yep, and that video is um, so funny. It's but so last night, for Bills fans. <laughs> it, it really is. It really is on brand for Bills fans. We just, let's throw a few tables on the, uh, on the snow, see uh, what they could make of that as well. Uh, yesterday, obviously, afternoon game, a lot of people were uh, paying attention to this one, and it was horribly embarrassing for the at-home Cowboys. Uh, they got completely trounced by Dallas, or gr- by Green Bay, rather, 48-32. to This was the NFC wildcard playoff opener. Uh, this would snap Dallas's home winning streak, 16 games, and really just embarrassing for Mike McCarthy, who now has a postseason record of 1-3. and three. Not great. And after the game, Jerry Jones was asked about McCarthy's status. Uh And he called it the most painful loss in the playoffs that he could remember, going on to say, this is beyond my comprehension. So not a great sign there. And then just a week earlier, when he was asked about Mike McCarthy's status as the ongoing head coach, he was going to see, we'll see how the game goes in the playoffs. So when you pose it as we'll see how the game goes in the playoffs, and then you see how the game goes and you say, this is beyond my comprehension, Things are not looking too good for Mike McCarthy, I would say. No, you see how it goes. And it went really, really poorly. So it, it was just went really bad. Disaster. Yeah, it was an absolute disaster for the Cowboys on all fronts. A reporter did straight up ask Mike McCarthy yesterday about his status after the game. He said, look, we're, we're all disappointed. The locker room's hurting. I haven't thought past this game. Of course, he has to say that he's not going to say like, yeah, I, I think I'm getting fired. But, you know, McCarthy's had some regular season success, but it's the same story every year. The Cowboys are the only team in NFL history to win 12 games for three consecutive seasons and not reach the conference championship mm-hmm. in any of them. So I really I think Jerry is uh, is losing his patience. McCarthy's on. The, he has one more year left in his contract. I definitely don't see them extending it. And I think it's very likely that we see a coaching change at Jerry's World this week. Yeah, and obviously a lot of people point to Dak Prescott as well because he's been very disappointing in the postseason as well. Two and five as a starter in the playoffs. So uh, he's not without blame as well. But of course, you know, the coach is probably going to be the first domino that we see shifting in this entire uh, process there. But from one McCarthy to another McCarthy, Michigan quarterback J.J. McCarthy is now deciding to leave Michigan to go pro. And a lot of people are now saying, okay, this is probably going to indicate where the dominoes fall as far as Michigan goes and as far as Jim Harbaugh's future, because a lot of people are saying that because McCarthy is leaving, realistically, it probably points to Harbaugh also exiting as well. Uh, Do you have any opinion as far as that goes, a little bit of speculation you'd like to offer? 
Yeah, it's definitely just speculation. But, um, you know, Harbaugh has options. I think Michigan's still trying to negotiate a contract to keep him. And why wouldn't they want to do that? Right. But um, honestly, McCarthy declaring for the NFL draft was kind of the nail in the coffin for me. That just convinced me that Harbaugh is gone. Um, I think he's going to go out on a high note. He's been toying with that idea of returning to the NFL for a while. And he also just hired an agent, Don Yee, who works with several big name NFL stars, including Tom Brady, Jimmy Garoppolo. He has a lot of ties in Vegas with Mark Davis. So I I think that I think he's definitely leaving for the pros. I do like him. If I had to put my money on it right now, I like him to go to the Chargers. I think that's really enticing for him. He's got an interview with them this week. Um, I think he can do a lot with that offense. And he's got actually he's actually got an interview with them. He's actually uh, Adam Schefter announced. Um, on social media, he actually has his meeting with the Chargers today. Oh, there you so go. not so wasting any time yeah, meeting with the Chargers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I know that the other teams have expressed interest. I think the Raiders did as well. But that Raiders locker room is really behind Antonio Pierce. We even had Max Crosby over the weekend saying that he was going to explore a trade request if they don't hire AP to come back after his stint as the interim. So I, I'm liking the Chargers right now for Jim Harbaugh, but who knows? I mean, there's seven coaching vacancies right now. There could be eight, depending on what happens in Dallas. There could be eight. Days. Yep. So uh, I, I think anything is really in play here, but I, I think that it is for sure Harbaugh is going to the pros. Well, and also, let's not forget Bill Belichick still out there floating around looking for a job, and he'll definitely find a landing spot, I'm sure. So could be interesting to see where he goes. Maybe maybe Dallas is a good fit for him, but that is yet to be seen. But, Amber, thank you so much. Um, oh, should we, like, quickly touch on your woman's planning column from last week? Anything you'd like to share as far as that's concerned? Well, I will tell you that this week is going to be a really fun one um, because this week we're talking Ooh. online dating. Yep. So all things like dating <gasps> apps, I've I've been I've been sourcing info from from readers, and then I also asked a whole bunch of ladies what their what their red flags are, what their turnoffs are on dating apps. Like what is immediately going to make them unmatch or swipe left? And I got some really good answers there. So guys, if you're single and you're dating, that's going to be really interesting for you to read that. So definitely check that out on Friday. Uh, I also feel like I could add to this column if you need any extra input. Uh, I'm not Absolutely. I'm not an online dater. I haven't been for years, but I can recall when I was years ago. Uh, the definite red flags that I would see, and there were so many of them uh, for women and for men. But it's 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 a wild wild world out there in the uh, the online dating sphere. So uh, that'll be a really fun one. I'm excited to catch up with you about that. So. Amber, thank you so much. And again, condolences to you and your dolphins. Thank you. Thanks, Charlie. Have a good one. Outkick the morning. We'll be right back after a short break. Stay tuned. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. All right, well, for our final story, we move away from football, although, again, we have much more of it today, which is amazing. What are we going to do after football season? It's going to get very, very dark. Uh, Okay, 
This is just a real head scratcher here. San Francisco, the Board of Supervisors, uh, they voted to support urging Biden and Congress to support a ceasefire. And honestly, naturally, this is how they reacted. Watch this. I mean, getting up, dancing, screaming. I've Listen, all you need to do is take a look at the people in attendance, the people that make up this group, and it automatically makes sense. Everybody in the room is wearing a mask. Every single person is wearing a mask. And they're wearing the hardcore mask, like the N95 mask. Also, I saw several people with, with different colored hair, blue hair, purple hair, green hair. I also saw some of them who had their children in their arms while they were attending this disgusting meeting and urging for a ceasefire. To bring your children into this is just disgusting. Uh, I don't think that children should be in these politically charged situations, especially when they're on the side of the wrong to begin with. Uh, but it's San Francisco. What do we expect? It, that place, you know, I really feel for San Francisco because I remember going years ago when San Francisco hadn't fallen into this dark place yet. Incredible city. So many things to see. So many interesting aspects to it. Uh, a really great culture at one point in time. And now it's really just become a disgusting dump uh, full of people, oftentimes, not, not all, like this. Um, but there's just a little um, food for thought. If you are considering, you know, I know spring break is coming up for many families. Maybe you were considering going on spring break to San Francisco. I would urge you against that. Many other incredible places in this country to go to, San Francisco not being one of them. Um, okay, everyone, I'm going to let you go because it's a holiday for most people. So chances are you don't even have to go to work today, which is tremendous, but I'm happy I could be here at work helping to entertain at least up until the hours where football comes back on our screens, which for us older folks, we'll be watching. Uh, for all of the younger uh, we'll see. But I but I hope that they do, because, again, sports mean a lot to me. And I know that uh, they really can help to change one's life for the better. So, everybody, thank you so much for being here. It's been a pleasure. Uh, make sure you are following along on social media at Charlie on TV. Also, you are making sure to keep up with all of the episodes of Outkick the Morning on Outkick.com backslash I cannot say backslash, backslash watch each and every morning. And until tomorrow, I hope you have a fantastic Monday. Enjoy the rest of the playoff games this evening. And we will see you bright and early tomorrow morning.